It's Friday, and a great way to end the week here on the Airport Minute, where each and every day, Monday through Friday, we count down or count up the uh, 137 minutes of the greatest disaster movie ever made, the 1970 Universal Pictures movie Airport. Uh, right now, we are up to minute 45 of this film, and I am one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of TVDads.com. And I am host number two, Mark Cerulli of CovertOps.tv. And finishing up the week with us is writer, actor, uh, so many, so many things, uh, Mr. Brett Stillo. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, I'm, I'm also a cosplayer I, I play where I do Palo. Or Paolo is yeah from airport so and a cheese collector and a cheese collector and I'll, yeah I'll just I will have to send you guys a picture of me uh, at five and you know I could have played Paolo in fact I should just say I played Paolo and I you know yeah just add that to your yeah Mark Stathbone was actually very nice to me you know he, yeah. like, after, he apologized for pushing me after that ninth time into uh, into the briefcase yeah. it was here you go yeah, he but yeah I, balls I, I, no balls so it was all good. I look forward to the uh, the Paolo cosplay down at the Comic Con. All those little gray flannel caps on. Yeah, yeah, you know, Mama. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it it is quite a movie. I'm, I really hope that this uh, podcast uh, generates a lot of uh, fanfic and all kinds of stuff. But we are uh, trapped here in a brick windowless office, uh, unlike the paneled windowless executive lounge mel is having it out with ackerman although whether he's having it out or not we're not we're not exactly sure uh ackerman's getting into uh getting into trouble now he's talking about you know he's like the bartender that says i don't want no trouble in my place but we've got trouble with a capital t says uh, ackerman he's telling him that uh he talked to a lawyer from Meadowood and the Meadowood people are all going to sue for their broken uh you know china closets and interrupted uh, grace before meals and they're just gonna they're gonna sue them to the hilt if uh, if they don't uh, shut everything down by midnight. Uh, he said he's gonna he's gonna ask for ten million dollars. Wow, so, uh, an unheard of that's a bargain. At yeah, today's rate. yeah, really? yeah. So uh, Mel pulls out the only line that he can remember when he first met Cindy. He says that's a nice round figure, and but um bum. And then, of course, this being a George Seaton movie, Mel has his business going on. He's uh, he pulls out that cigarette, which is the uh, I think this is the third cigarette for Mel. No, it's actually only the second cigarette. He's had uh, he had one when he was talking to Libby and Robbie on the phone. I had another and, when he was in the bedroom in that in that my favorite oh, yeah. costume of the whole film the the blue yeah, pajamas, the blue PJs. Yeah. So that was a flashback. Yeah. Okay. We'll count. We'll count that the flashback cigarette. And uh, so here's here's a uh, coffin nail number three. Mel is you know Bert Bert Lancaster is using this to great effect by just continuity uh, supervisors. Pro- she's probably having a fit next to him. Going, okay, now he sits down and he sticks it in his mouth. No wait, and he took it out when he was standing up, and he steps back one, and they keep doing those back and forth cutting shots. And uh, we get to we get back to Ackerman, who's responding to. Uh, Mel being so flippant about $10 million. And uh, he's got on his great John Hausman vest, and he should have a pocket watch. Yeah. And maybe maybe a deerstalker cap. I don't know. He's, he, like you said earlier, this is kind of like an 1880s minute. He's, he sh- or he should be talking to like a candlestick telephone yeah. while he's yeah. trying to get all this stuff wheeled out. Yeah, he was originally a railroad commissioner. Yeah. Now, now, in 1970, people really still wore those, those teeny uh, bow ties and... Yeah. I guess everybody was still into uh, vests and, and yeah, the, the Wally Cox look. I yeah. think is what you know, it's it's, a, it's kind of a it's a, a, a bit of a generational thing. When you know, it's uh, 
You know, I'm, I'm thinking back when you look at movies from the 30s and 40s, and yeah, you see the guys with the starch collars who had been Victorian guys. You know, there's kind of this, kind of that carryover. Um, uh, well, this is, I've always worn a detachable starch collar. I'm not going to start on these newfangled collars now. So yeah, I think Ackerman is just, you know, he just grew up with bow ties. Yeah, I think this is, I mean, if you, it, just calling back to a, something from the 40s, you think of the uh, the movie, The Best Years of Our Lives, William Wyler's movie. Um, the guy that was Frederick March's boss at the bank, I think he was dressed very similarly to him. And it, I could easily see Frederick March's uh, boss slowly becoming an airport commissioner. So, you know, he moved out of Boone City and went to Chicago and took over as an airport commissioner. I mean, it seems that that's the same kind of character that this guy is. He has to tell him, we got you know, we got to obey the rules and, and people are, you know, what are people going to think of us? So it's kind of the same character. And as we've been talking about all this week, uh, this is aimed at a, a certain generation who expected people to dress a certain way so you could tell who they were in a in a movie. Yeah. Yeah, that's another thing, you know, casting-wise, yeah, he looks like stock evil banker. Yeah, yeah def- definitely. You know, he's the, the only, he, it's, not a, it's not a deerstalker, he needs a stovepipe hat. Yes. <laughs> this guy's the Stephen Douglas of the piece. Yeah. Uh, I'm noticing that uh, that large wooden, what looks like, a, I guess, a salad bowl or a lock with a, uh, is that a DC-6 uh, carved into it? Uh, can't make out what the tail looks like, but it's either a... Some some form of a DC three to DC six in the background there. No, DC three wouldn't have four engines, but uh, that nice forties uh, or fifties era logo of Lincoln International. Mm. Yeah, which I want that it, too. It's kind of busy for. Uh, well, I guess the, you know they wanted an airport logo and they they stuck. The, I guess the Lincoln people would have picked that in the forties when they laid out the the, the lines of this first uh, this first terminal. And uh, then they added onto it, and I guess they tore the thing down and rebuilt it in the '60s, so it has that uh, that mod look where it's got the uh, uh, pre-stressed concrete, the blocks that form the ceiling. So this is that that uh, logo in the background is is echoing back to an earlier time. That's like just the post-war era when that had been established. So we're looking at changes in this room from the you know, the original era of post-war civilian transport, and then off to the, off to the side, we're looking at what the future is going to be bringing. Yeah, that's a really, that's a really good point, because unfortunately we don't see any of these in this minute. But in, I think, the next scene, you see models of uh, Boeing SSTs. That's right, yeah. yeah like, it's just... That is the future. Past, present, and future is going on in this room. Yeah, and, and they're basically having that argument. I mean, they, are, they are both representing a side on that, uh, Ackerman being the, the very conservative, keep things as they are, and mm-hmm. people are, you know, people will talk and we'll, we'll lose our jobs. And Mel's looking at it, it's like, you're not, you're not seeing a big enough picture. This is, this is all coming down whether you want it or not. And the Meadowood folks, you're not going to have to worry about the Meadowood folks because they're not going to be there when we pave over their uh, houses and start landing 747s where they used to be. Yeah. Now, in actuality, did that kind of thing happen? Did, did they... I guess airports buy out the neighborhoods next to them. Sure, yeah. That, I mean that that happened in a lot of places. One, or or they they abandoned the airport that they were in and built an entirely new airport next mm. to it. Uh, one good example is uh, DFW. The the former airport that was there was a very small airport called Great Southwest Airport, and that was just south of the current DFW. If you go there nowadays, um, just on the south side of the airport, you'll see there's a 
There's a street called Eamon Carter Boulevard, which used to be known as Runway 18 or Runway 36. It was uh, it was a major north-south runway of Great Southwest uh, the Great Southwest Airport, and now it's a street. They've paved, you know, they've they've put in houses. American Airlines uh, corporate headquarters is now where the uh, the terminal of the old airport used to be. But that that's happened everywhere. LAX has done it. Uh, Newark certainly. Um, uh, Kennedy was already built with room for expansion in mind. And when it was idle while, they just bought up larger and larger areas of it. Um, but you still find problems with uh, existing airports like LaGuardia. They can't expand it anymore because there's no, you know, you've got Queens surrounding it and there's no place to really expand it. So you limit what goes in and out of it. I think Heathrow's it... having that problem too, right? They want to yeah. build yeah, another they're... another runway, but the community doesn't want it. Yeah, so and they're, you know, 25 miles outside of London and there's just no room. It's too close in. So and uh, well where uh where you're at Britain San, San Francisco they're actually having to pave out the bay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, a, a SFO was a great idea 50 years ago and you know yeah. they're you know they're they're practically stacking it on top of itself. And yeah, there's just I mean that's a that's a big problem in San Francisco or in the Bay Area in general. There's just there's no place to expand. Interesting you mentioned SFO, just as a quick tangent, I was uh I was just on Treasure Island a couple of weeks ago and you know, I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but that was going to be San Francisco International Airport. Yeah. Uh you know, in this big, you know, World's Fair vision of, you know, air travel in the forties and uh somebody said, it's gonna be kinda hard to get there. I think mm-hmm. there was yeah, I think there was maybe a Mel Bakersfield who said, Have you thought about the traffic? We've only got one bridge there. It's going to be packed day in, day out. So, uh, yeah, that was when they expanded down in the peninsula. Yeah, and, uh, and, and now they've found themselves in a quandary. I mean, and, and the whole Bay Area. I mean, you can't, you can't do anything more with Oakland. You can't do anything more, you know, even San Jose yeah. and, and up to Sacramento. They're, they're all facing that same problem. There's just no real estate to expand outward. Um, and it all, it all rolls back to what they're talking about here in, in airport. It's, uh, it's amazing how prescient this was, but they really never came up with a good answer. Yep. Even, you know, and, and the, the two directions that they talked about with, uh, Ackerman saying we've got to limit growth. They tried that and, you know, it's impossible. And Mel said, buy more land. Well, they didn't have money to buy the land. They you know, floated a lot of bonds on some of these places, and then they couldn't pay the bonds back. So you've got Denver, uh, the new Denver airport. That stood idle for many years because they had problems getting money to build the airport out bigger. And the, the, the new airport they were going to open, they didn't have money for it, so they had to do it in stages. And uh, so a, a real mess getting to where it is now. Interesting seeing this from the uh, perspective of, you know, se- several decades. Right. Right. And, yeah, because you know, all... we're talking, you know, kind of looking at this movie as a bit of a, you know, a little time capsule. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly there's Bert. And it's, this is Bert doing what he does best. We've got some great Bert here tearing it up. And he's basically saying, you're going to have a problem in the future. And this is going to be the problem. And uh, can you imagine in 2015 what air travel is going to be like? And it's like, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I totally, you're, you know, you're right, Mel. <laughs> Mel was right. Yeah. He, you know, and. <laughs> A good, he had a good cigarette there to, that'll yeah. stub out eventually. Yeah, stub it out on, on Ackerman's forehead. Yeah, you can take that to the bank. Yeah. This is also, this is also uh, such a contrast to that you know earlier scene where you know Mel's having sandwiches with uh, Helen Hayes and almost you know almost looks like Bert's checked out there. Uh, yeah, like he's actually he's not even he's not playing Mel. He's just being Bert Lancaster having sandwiches with Helen Hayes and you know 
I saw the great yeah. performance of Isbin's The Dollhouse in 1947. It was, it was breathtaking. So nice to be working with you on this. It's like, you know, glad to see. Have you seen The Swimmer? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Swimmer. Yeah, it seems so un-Bert there, but this is, this is what Bert does. That smoldering, yeah. Yeah, integrity. What's that, you know, that line, you know, well, you know, why don't you just don't lie to them? Have you tried yeah. that, you know? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's going to be coming up with that next week, and it's just, yeah, he, he really, you, you buy more into his role as a, I mean, I, I believe him more when he's being professional yeah. than when he's trying to be a romantic lead. I don't, I don't buy the, chem, the chemistry between him and uh, Gene Seberg. I mean, I, they chemistry? do a great job. Well, yeah, they do a very good job of you know saying their lines and stuff like that but when he's in here trying to sell a certain point of view about a, like a political venture or or his own vision of the future i buy him the most right here yeah this is our mel bakersfield this is the guy we work for you know this is yeah this is the mel that joe petroni goes out in the snow for mm-hmm. yeah yeah he is uh he he is the ultimate friend at this place yeah and god what a suit i just that <laughs> every time we see this suit yeah, it's like it's a great suit it, it's a suit. It's a suit you could wear today. There's no. Mm-hmm. There's nothing really dated it about it. Yeah, yeah. And the, you know, the power tie, and it's just you know. And he just, as we were saying earlier, he just finished the swimmer, so he's got you know, he's just got that great acrobat physique to to fit in the thing. And he just that whole presence of him. It, it's not intimidating, but he just seems very forthright. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't cower against anybody that pushes on him. He pushes right back. Yeah. So he sells it physically, and he also emotes very well with it. Um, just a just a great scene to watch in a in a movie full of great scenes. Well um, put, Jim. Yeah, well, I try. I just <laughs> I've watched this movie too many times, and it it still I don't get tired of it. I'm, uh, I it it is a it is an evergreen. I know, I, mean, I realize that it's very dated. Uh, you can still find new little bits every time you watch the thing. And you know, I'm, I'm glad we could all sit and talk about these you know intervening five minutes. But it's been really great having you on the show to talk about your your take on the whole on the whole thing oh same here it's uh, been a blast thanks thanks for having me oh absolutely yeah, it, it's fun and look forward to listening to uh, your podcast i will probably be already listening to it by the five time. minutes of trouble five, five minutes, minutes of trouble, trouble. Five, yeah, five minutes at a time yes sir and uh yeah you know and, uh you know again it's it's big trouble in little china you know it kind of you know born to be a cult film it does seem like that movie like a little switch has been flicked in just the past few years. And it's like, it's always been a cult film. It's always been a favorite, but now it seems to be really uh, catching people's attention. So yeah, it, it has so many like wizard of Oz quality about it that you go from reality to unreality. And, you know, just like, you know, is this, how real is this and where are they trying to go? And, you know, it's the comedy, the action, the uh, great, you know, there's, it's so many quote. it's a quotable movie. Oh God. Quotes everywhere. Yeah, yeah, and you just, you know, who doesn't love Quotes Kurt Russell? Quotes out the Petroni. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it, it, there's so, you know, every time you see Kurt Russell in a movie, you're like, oh, this is going to be good. Yeah. So you sit there. And, yeah. Uh, Kurt is gold standard. Gold. Yeah, and he was, was this, he was just coming off Escape from New York, right? I mean, I think that was the, the movie just previously. No, Escape maybe... was a, a few years before, I think. You know, he Escape 81. Escape was 81. As far as he and Carpenter, they had done uh, The Thing a couple years before. Oh, that's right. Yeah. The Thing was 82, yes. Yeah. Gosh, I... I, What was that? There was that goofy movie he did with Robin Williams, I think called The Best of Times. Yeah. Yeah, that was... I think that was in heavy rotation on HBO. It it wasn't in the movie theaters that long, but I I think it was on forever on Showtime and all those. Just, uh, 
Yeah, a very very good film. You know, a great great comedy turn for him. But he's he's really good at comedy. I mean, you know, those Disney chops really set in. And as he grew up, he he was able to deliver lines in a whole new way by being a grown up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and and just you know, I think you know, being a, a Hollywood kid. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, you hear about his. You know, he had a bit part in an Elvis Presley movie. And yeah. uh, you know, he plays Elvis Presley. First time he worked with John uh, Carpenter, he plays Elvis Presley. So I think he, you know. Um, you know, in, in big trouble, you know, he's basically, you know, channeling John Wayne. I'd imagine he worked with John Wayne at some point somewhere and uh, I think picked up his nuances without doing a flat out impersonation. Yeah. Uh, I talked with a, uh, uh, a character, uh, a, a child actress named Katie Sweet, who was in a lot of, a lot of films back, back in the day. And she was in a, uh, uh, an episode of Bonanza where Kurt Russell was on, was on uh, was a guest star while she was a guest star, and she said he was uh, he was very businesslike when he was doing a film. But you know when it was when it was off hours he could he could be a kid and play and stuff. They played frisbee together with uh, she and she and Pernell Roberts played uh, frisbee with uh, Kurt Russell. But uh, she said he was uh, he was an ever everlasting crush with her, and they were you know, she was about six, so it was like darn wrong age. Oh. Um, but uh, yeah, definitely I, I know. I know a, a lot of uh, women in their sixties uh, now who always had a permanent crush on uh, on Kurt Russell, okay. and I think they might they might be the ones to listen to your podcast a lot. I, I can think of a couple right now who would probably listen in, uh, but I, I know I will. Oh, uh, thanks, thanks. <laughs> but uh, we do appreciate you being on these uh, these past episodes. Hopefully, in uh, future airports, you can come back and uh, and talk some more on your thoughts on uh, watching. Uh, George Kennedy wrestling concords and I I would love to just yeah call on me and uh, I am here I can you know I can hop in my flying wing and (laughs) you guys in in no time because it's a flying wing exactly yeah some dinosaur 707 with a a fuselage yeah Jack Jack Northrop knew what he was talking about so (laughs) Jack knew what he was talking about yeah the man we'll uh, uh, we'll have a cheese platter out for you all right (laughs) And some coffee, lots like, of lots coffee. of coffee, coffee, and just cut the crust off the sandwiches. Exactly. We always Perfect do triangles here at the airport yeah. minute. Yeah, wow. Well, th- thanks again for being on. We're, uh, if you'd like to uh, check out uh, Brett's uh, new podcast, it is as we said before, uh, five minutes of trouble. It's everywhere. Just add a dot everything after that. You know, dot com, Twitter, fi- Facebook, the works. You can find uh, five minutes of trouble to check on that. Um, if you'd like to join us for some more commentary on this episode or previous episodes. Uh, look for us on several places. You can look for us on Twitter, Airport Minute, Facebook, Airport Minute. You can also join us at the uh, Commanders Club on Facebook where everybody chats and fights and argues and tries to build new airports. Uh, right there, Commanders Club on Facebook. Uh, also, uh, you can also get this uh, subscribed to uh, on iTunes and have it delivered every single day, or Monday through Friday. You'll get a new, a new co- podcast here. Uh, so look for Airport Minute on iTunes. Join us also at the big website that we have, airportminute.com, where at the bottom of every episode page, we've got commentary, so you can read all about the minutiae that we've missed in uh, these talks. Well, I think we cover just about everything, but you can point out something we've missed. That would be wonderful. So we are done with this week. Thank you for being with us. Thank you again, Brett. Oh, and uh, we will uh, check back with more Ackerman uh uh, Bakersfeld arguing. Maybe they'll get in a fist fight. Maybe they'll be arm wrestling. Maybe they'll just be cuddling. My money would be seeing. on Bert. Yeah, he's uh, he's not a cuddler. 
He is a, a giant thumb yeah. guy, though. Well, I don't think he's going to use his giant thumbs on Ackerman. Yeah, Ackerman. Much... I hope Mel's careful because Ackerman might summon, you know, arcane magic. Yes, yes. Or, you know, bolts so... come from that. Yeah, it's coming. Yeah, exactly. He just only now at the end he'll realize. Um, but we will we will have to tune in for. Uh, and maybe there's not a gigantic power grid next to him, but we'll see. Uh, listen, for, listen for ominous music next week, uh, and join us here on the Airport Minute. Uh, until then, good day. Safe travels. Ah. Nice going, sweetheart. Remind me to send a thank you note to Mr. Boeing. Mm-hmm.